Hello and welcome back to the Littlest Petcast. I am your host James and today we are looking at the episode Senior Day. <laughs> so we start at the Littlest Pet Shop. Vinny and Sunil are staring each other down. Blythe comes in and asks if anyone wants to come down to Sunset Siesta Retirement Home for pet therapy. Blythe says that she's met so many great people since she started volunteering there. Zoe wants to go because she's good at cheering people up. Blythe asks Vinny and Sunil, but they're in the middle of an epic staring contest. Blythe asks, what does the winner get? And Vinny says, oh, we don't know. Sunil's like, perhaps we should have thought of something before we did this. And Vinny says, like, does that mean you want to give up? And Sunil says, never. <laughs> that is... That is the male ego in a nutshell, doing something stupid so intently. It's amazing. And, you know, it's that you, they could be doing worse things with that bravido. So Minka says she wants to see the staring contest thing through to the end. So Pepper says she doesn't want to go because she's had her fair share of old people. And her owner's parents specifically stayed with them for three weeks. Pepper recounts a story about how her owner's mom confused Pepper for a towel and wiped her face. And Blythe says gross. And Pepper says gross doesn't even begin to explain it. Penny says she'll go because she's basically a pillow with arms and legs. Russell hesitantly agrees. And that hesitation comes from the fact that his dad, Jerry, is there. This surprises Penny. <laughs> and I guess everyone. Russell says his dad is a lot of a lot, but Penny doesn't think he's that bad. But Russell is still weary. So then we have the theme song, and then we're at Sunset Siesta, and uh, the logo on the outside for, like, you know, th what this place is, is just a son wearing a straw farmer's hat, sunglasses, and holding maracas. Blythe introduces everyone at home to Russell, Penny, and Zoe. She says feel free to pet them, play with them, or even talk to them. Just don't expect them to talk back. <laughs> Which, I mean, it, it is <laughs> Blythe. Blythe, it's, uh, if, if someone were to press you on that, like, y you might, you might, you had no reason to say that. <laughs> Like, at all. You're just... You're just a little nervous about that. And they don't seem to mind. So one of the residents thinks that Zoe's his hairpiece, and Blythe has to wrestle her away. And Blythe tells Zoe to run, which she does. So a group of residents is petting Penny Ling, and she's really enjoying it. Blythe asks if Russell's going to be okay, because she needs to start making her rounds. Russell says that Penny's got things covered here, so he'll look for his dad, but his dad has already shown up and is demanding people to get out of his way. And because he's little, uh, he comments on seeing everyone's legs as being like going through a forest full of thick, veiny trees, which is a little gross, I will, I will say. Just a little... So, first thought. 
I don't know why I didn't ask this earlier, but this is where it came up in my notes. If Russell is supposed to be a teenager, why is his dad in a retirement home? I guess because his owner is, which that gets explained later, but he seems to fit in, more or less. He he is treated as, like, old. Like, I don't know, maybe it was a late kid in Russell? Could be. You know, that, that makes a little sense. But, like, Jerry is also wearing Russell's Hawaiian shirt from... Uh, Russell up some fun when he was fun Russell and I don't know it's okay that that is a bit of a weird detail about him a little bit I guess it's because he's old and old people wear Hawaiian shirts but that's a fun shirt and well we'll just get into it so he he also has gray hair and the top of his hair is a buzz cut. Russell greets Jerry and after Jerry says hi to Rusty, which is his nickname, he complains about not getting a visit. Russell says he's been busy and Jerry asks with what? Offending people with that haircut? He then licks his paw and like combs Russell's quills on his head down, but they spring up. Jerry then asks about Blythe and wonder if she's Russell's new owner. He asks what happened to the older one and surmises that Russell drove her insane as well. So, now we have something that honestly kind of blew my mind when it was said out loud. Like, it's one of those things where you just kind of accept it. Like, you don't give it any thought until, like, you hear it. It's basically, like... It, it's basically like you're running on air in a Looney Tunes cartoon, but you don't fall until you notice that you're not on solid ground. And that is that Russell says that Mrs. Owens is still his owner. So, backing up, Russell's last name is Ferguson. And I kind of always thought that pets in this universe share a name with their owner, share their last name because they're technically part of the family. And it's not uncommon for people to refer to their pets as their children. But now that doesn't seem to be the case and it never seemed to be it's just like one of those things i took for granted because like speedy's last name is shellberg and not smith roosevelt or jones or any of the other 23 22 people that he was owned by Okay, okay, talking about the ownership of something, of, like, a sentient being, 
is is a little weird, but we kind of have to do it. It's just just got to do it. Okay, so Blythe's mom also gave Speedy his name. She named him Speedy Shelberg. So maybe that's it? Maybe that's a thing people do? Or don't? I, it's, like, weird. Because, like, Penny's last name is shared with her cousins that we saw in that one episode of Shanghai Hijinks. And not with the her owner that she has. It's, but then how how do animals sort this out? How do they know what their last name is? How do they even keep track when they're adopted out to multiple different families? Like, at least across the city, if not farther. Like, th there is so much animal minutia in this universe that once the scientists actually figure out how to communicate with animals, they are going to have a field day with all of this. And, like, like Ru Russell's last name of Ferguson is, like, an old English thing meaning son of Fergus. So there's, like, a Scottish thing to it as well. But, like... It just means son of Fergus. So, is there a famous hedgehog named Fergus that Russell is descended from, like, remotely? Because, like, I don't know, there's, there are a lot of, like, son last names. There's Wilson, there's, like, Jameson, uh, Henderson. There, there's a lot. This is a lot to just kind of think about. And this is just with the names. Like, pet... Pet culture is... Weird. It's, uh... I don't know. I don't know. Like, like they're cognizant enough to make a map in that one episode... But no one seems to notice this stuff. This is... I am... Like... I'm just complaining about, like... The the hard limits of this show. Because there aren't any. They're, they're just, like, do whatever, I guess. I don't know. Like, it's... It's not bad, exactly. It's just weird and confusing. So back to the episode, Russell introduces Blythe as his friend. And, oh boy, <laughs> Jerry says, you can't make friends with other hedgehogs? Why do you always gotta be different? <laughs> Which, I'm not sure if this is intentional. I hope it's not, but... Because Jerry's old and seems a bit old-fashioned as well, smacks a little dog whistly, or like he he would listen to that kind of dog whistle stuff. It's 
yeah, it's not it's not a great look for Jerry. Although a lot of this episode is not a great look for Jerry. And we'll get into that. This is this is going to be a long episode. This is just going to be a long episode. I can I can tell you that much. So Blythe introduces herself to Jerry, and Jerry responds politely, but then pulls away and says that Blythe is nuts for trying to talk to us. Russell explains that Blythe can talk to animals, and she's just trying to be polite. Uh, Blythe says that, like, she sees what Russell means about being a lot of a lot, which, just because Jerry didn't know she could talk to animals doesn't mean he's a lot of a lot. Like, you don't call other animals a lot of a lot just because they don't know you have that power. And a lot don't. Also, like, a few things up to this point, like, I can understand being a bit uncomfortable, but there's always a certain level of discomfort around parents. Just because they're your parents. But he really is a lot of a lot, as seen throughout this episode. But eh, at this point, it's it's a little up in the air. So Jerry wonders what a lot of a lot means and complains about modern words and asks, why can't you use English properly? Okay, so... I. I don't know where it is in my notes, but I'll just get to it now. So, I don't know. The reason I find it odd that Jerry wears the Hawaiian shirt is because, like, that, to me, that represents fun. And Jerry doesn't seem to be fun exactly. He, 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 like... As strict about like hairstyles, uh, the evolution of language, uh, Russell not being friends with someone alike to him in a superficial manner, at least. That, yeah, that that does not. No matter how you slice that. That's, like, if you describe it that, like, Russell made friends with a human and Jerry is upset about it, that's the only way you can describe that without sounding like you're talking about someone's actual prejudice instead of, like, fake prejudice. (laughs) There's just... Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh dear. Uh let's 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 keep going. Like oh boy. Oh it, it was right there. Like Ru- Russell is also a bit strict when it comes to certain things and I can kind of see a bit of Jerry in him. But at the same time like Russell's strictness might have been a product of Jerry's and not 
not necessarily like his own doing, but I mean, I guess the same could be said for every generation. But like Russell, Russell has like, I don't know. It's a, it's a whole thing. So Blythe decides to leave because she has work to do. And I, I, I hope you all don't leave. Even though, uh, this has been something. I just, I just hope you don't leave because of how awkward this is at this point. So, Jerry asks Russell for help. His owner is moving to a new retirement home, and he's not allowed to take Jerry with him. Uh, we then flash back to where Jerry overheard his owner, who looks younger than Jerry, actually. He must be in the retirement home for not just general aging reasons, which can happen. Uh, he says he can't bring Jerry, but that they have the best creamed corn. Maybe he is just old, and the animators didn't do a good job at that. Meanwhile, Jerry is tearing up a little bit. Jerry says he doesn't know what to do. Russell asks, couldn't someone else here adopt you? And then asks, please don't call me Rusty. Nobody calls me Rusty anymore. Jerry wonders if there's a shelter he could go to for homeless hedgehogs. Or maybe he could just be a hobo. Russell tentatively asks Jerry to live with him, and Jerry just keeps saying how much of a bother he'll be, which is a form of emotional manipulation because Russell goes from, eh, fine, to you are doing this. And then once Russell is at, like, in, like, no uncertain terms, you are doing this, Jerry says, like, okay, you said it, and you're not allowed to take it back, and then asks Russell to pack for him. So, an old woman is on her treadmill when she gets a knock from Blythe. Blythe says hi to this wonderful resident named Lorraine, and asks her how her favorite resident is doing. Lorraine tells her, I'm doing just fine, B. I've decided that that's my nickname for you. Just because I'm getting older doesn't mean I can't hang with the cool kids. Blythe loves her nickname, and I love Lorraine. She is dynamite. I love her. So Blythe replaces Lorraine's old flowers with some new ones, and Lorraine enjoys it. She says that that's the type of thing her granddaughters are always doing for her. She says Blythe reminds her of them and picks up a picture. Blythe says, so I've been told. Blythe takes a look at the picture and says, too bad this picture is so out of focus. And Lorraine asks, is it? Which it very much is. It's hilarious how out of focus it is. It is, it is like blurry, like from here to there. It's just so, it, you cannot tell anything from this. You can't see anyone's faces. Why does she have that photo? I guess it's because, like, 
did the photo fade? Couldn't have faded that hard. Unless proper care wasn't taken to it. It's it's a weird black and white or sapia photo. It's hmm, I don't know how How did she get that picture? Okay, I might be thinking about this too much. Cause for it's just just for the purposes of the joke of like like you can't tell uh like who's in the photo at all. Like that like that is the purpose of that. But then it just it just kinda doesn't make sense. It's just I don't know, it's it's a weird thing. So the important thing is that there is a distinctive feature that one can make out from the photo despite it being blurry. And I don't know if it's supposed to be like a full on like twist or just dramatic irony. I am going on the path of dramatic irony uh, through the episode, even though it doesn't necessarily come up until the twist. But that makes the jokes of, you know, the granddaughters and Blythe a little more funny, a little more understandable as they're happening instead of the twist. So I'm going with dramatic irony and I'm going to tell you the distinctive feature. So if you don't want to hear it, uh, skip ahead a few seconds, I guess. So the distinctive feature that you can make out is that she has two granddaughters, one of whom has black hair and the other has white hair. Lorraine says it's a shame that they miss seeing Blythe when they visit and she thinks that they can get along and Blythe agrees. So Blythe sees Jerry and Russell walking and Russell's carrying a bunch of boxes. Blythe excuses herself to check the situation. She goes to talk to Russell who explains that Jerry's moving in with him because his owner can't take Jerry to his new place. Blythe thinks it's sweet but Russell says it's cuckoo but he's his father so what are you gonna do? Not this maybe? Especially after he emotionally manipulated you? But I guess you don't want to see him end up on the street. So Jerry then demands Russell to hurry it up because he wants to get there by dinner. Which for him is at four. Because any later and he'll be up all night starring in the one man comedy show called The Battle of My Bladder. Blythe asks, he knows I'm your ride home, right? Russell says, not a clue. And Jerry demands again and Russell picks up the boxes and rushes over. Zoe's on the head of that resident again and asks for help. So at Russell's place, which I guess is Russell's, it's, it's weird. Like, like I would say like my place, even though like I'm splitting it with someone or like my house, even though I was living with my parents at the time 
and it's technically their house, but I'd say my house just to make things easier. So the the, the last name thing is throwing me through a loop, because like, what what is what is what, what what qualifies as like, you know, just just a thing pets do as pets and a thing pets do as beings. It's it's a whole thing. So Russell finished unpacking and presents everything. Jerry comes out of the bathroom that hedgehogs can use. Okay, so I'm not I'm not one for detailed bathroom usage and things because like everyone does it. It's just usually a waste of time to show every instance of it. But in this case, how does a like not even foot tall hedgehog use the bathroom? It's all it's all of this that just really like caused this podcast to exist because like if they didn't pose the question like this then I wouldn't be asking if they didn't pose several questions I wouldn't need to ask but whatever he is upset that his bed is next to the heater and complains about the lack of washing of his blanket which is his blanket, I think, that he had. You should you should wash your own blankets. Your son's not going to wash don't don't at least tell him to wash the blanket first before you say you know this blanket is unsuitable cuz it it should be your blanket, right? It might be a guest blanket and bed. Oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy. So he takes Russell's bed. And yeah, okay, the the placement at least like is is a little on Russell cuz it is right next to the heater and Russell was like the one in charge of placing everything but like like the blanket, the blanket should be yours, Jerry. So Jerry wonders how warm Russell's owner's lap is because he wants some cuddle time. And Russell is regretting this instantly and Jerry wonders if he has a migraine. So now we see a day in the life of Russell and Jerry. So Russell wakes up and Jerry is eating Russell's food and Jerry says that his food is mushy and offers it to Russell, who is disgusted by it, which it just is disgusting. Why why do Russell Russell's owners have that food? Like, is it Jerry's food? Did Jerry bring his own food and is just not eating it? That's that's worse, Jerry. That's 
that's a, that's another strike against Jerry on that. But if like Russell's owners just have that food and it's like I don't know, just give it to Jerry, then that's on them. But like, like they they know Jerry is here. I think I'm pretty sure they have to know. So then Jerry is asleep in front of the TV and Russell sneaks up with some popcorn and changes it to the Duchess of Lancashire Lane from golf. But Jerry wakes up and Russell relents the popcorn and the TV, but Jerry falls asleep again. Russell is reading a book when Jerry approaches and Russell just gives Jerry the book and the seat only for Jerry to fall asleep again after being disinterested in the book. I mean, and so, like, that one... I'm not sure. Like, you could take the book with you, Russell. He just wanted the seat. So Russell then tries to hide in the closet, but Jerry is there, and he gets stressed out again. So at uh, Sunset Siesta, Blythe is preparing Lorraine for her granddaughter's visit. Blythe says she wants Lorraine to look her prettiest for her granddaughter's. Lorraine says that her granddaughters would do the same if Blythe were visiting. And she also says that when they meet, she's sure that they'll be BFFL, best friends for life. Did I get it right? Blythe says close enough, which it is. But at the same time, like, uh, I I guess I am dating myself on this. Because, like... It wasn't, like, too long before this episode aired. It might have been a little long. I guess... Maybe it was, like... Shoot. Like, I guess it was eight years. Eight or seven. Yikes. That there was those cell phone commercials where the old lady was like, IDK, my BFF rose. So, like... I mean, I guess, I guess that's a joke, but, like, those commercials were pretty ubiquitous. At least, at least where I grew up. I guess maybe across America, it's, it's hard to know. Like, it's, it's weird. Like, I can't believe, like. Okay, so, like, this episode aired in, like, 2015, and I remember those commercials from, like, 2007 maybe 2008 and yeah I, I hmm. it wasn't too I guess it must have been long enough ago man this is oh boy I am confronting some hard hard truths here but Back to the episode. Blythe tells Lorraine to take a walk while she readies her room. Lorraine asks if she and her granddaughters aren't separated in birth and leaves. And Blythe is very excited to meet them. Which, yeah. So, Jerry is at LPS and wondering where Bingo is. Or when it is. When is Bingo? Russell says that there's no Bingo, which... Eh, there's no organized time for bingo, but bingo can still be had. You just need to set it up. You, I, it's not like 
four o'clock bingo or two, two or six o'clock bingo in their case, but they want bingo before or after dinner. I guess it's a case by case basis. The point is, there's no organized time for bingo, but bingo can still be played. Jerry says, what am I supposed to do? Talk to everyone? Which, uh, Russell says, you should get to know my friends. And then under his breath says, and leave me alone for five minutes. Jerry asks him to speak up because his left ear isn't up to snuff. So, Russell introduces Jerry to Zoe. So, Jerry says... Um, I, I can't believe this. Uh, he says, I remember this cutie from the car ride home. Hello. Russell didn't tell me he was friends with a supermodel. Zoe giggles. But Russell just walks him away because he doesn't want to see this. And neither do I? Because... Okay, based on the fact that Russell quilled and quilling, like, goes with, like, adolescence in hedgehogs, at least the second form of quilling, and we know it can't be the first form of quilling, because Russell isn't two. He's not supposed to be a baby or a toddler. He's, he's supposed to be someone the audience can somewhat relate to, I guess. Like, he has a good understanding of the world around him. So, because he's quilling, that would make him a teenager, and that would make everyone teenagers. <laughs> and that means Jerry, who's old enough to be in a retirement home, just hit on a teenager. <laughs> They're not not cool, Jerry. Not, not cool. <laughs> That's it's a little weird. Although like it's 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 also like just weird cuz like it it is it is possible that the animals are adults. But a that would go against uh hedgehog in the plastic bubble and b kind of make Russell a bit of a creep for maybe making a pass at Blythe. I mean, I can see where it would get it from. Oh boy. I am just talking about a lot of things that, uh, you know, aren't, aren't great about Jerry. Jer Jerry's a bit problematic. He is, uh... He's, uh, not... Well, look at me, saying problematic instead of okay boomer, which is the language of the day, I guess. But language always changes and evolves, and I guess problematic can still be used. It's, it's this whole fun, weird thing... Uh, oh, Jerry. Why, why you gotta be like this? But, like, my, my greater point could be that they also decided to abandon, like, 
both the fact that they're teenagers, that the main cast is teenagers, and that Russell had a thing for Blythe at all? Because I don't remember, like, coming up in, like, the subtle ways it comes up in, uh previously in this season whatsoever so maybe it's just a slight little retcon that just flew under my nose but it's not even semi-confirmed that they just ignore that (sighs) boy jerry 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 like I don't know that's just the thing though like there's no LPS bible as far as I can tell there's no like okay so there's no the pets are this age Blythe's powers do this Uh, these things happen like uh, it's a list of things that like you know pertain to the show that no writer can contradict and like if you can just like find something that like is that you can be goofy and still like make sense this is just like goofy without restraint. And it leads to instances like this where one or both or neither of uh, these characters are a bit of a creepo. That is my biggest point. Oh boy. Oh boy, let's uh let's uh continue now. <laughs> so they approach Vinny and we never we never actually get to see a resolution from that staring contest. We just know it ended, which usually the show would have like hey, like I won, like just offhandedly, you know? Jerry asks Vinny if uh, he's a Komodo dragon. And Vinny says he's a gecko. And Jerry is glad that he isn't going to eat him. But just in case, go after Rusty first. He's young and he's got a lot of meat on him. He then pokes Russell's belly and says, When was the last time you even looked at a dumbbell? Vinny laughs and wonders why Russell didn't say his dad was so funny. Russell just rolls his eyes. Jerry wonders what's up with Vinny and Vinny just laughs again. Uh, Pepper comes out and, uh, asks for comedy tips. Jerry doesn't know how to train in comedy. He just knows what makes him laugh. Like how Rusty's nose whistles when he snores. The pets surround Jerry and laugh as Russell gets furious and whistles through his nose, which, all right, playing with fire. It's a, it's a good it's a good bit it's a good little bit that's like shows that russell is mad but you can also still laugh at this point 
Jerry says, like, I'm drawn to sleep, and all of a sudden, Rusty is wrapping a basketball game with his nose. And everyone is laughing, and Russell snaps and tells his dad all of his shortcomings, which include not leaving him alone, like, stealing his food, like, just, like, being an overall nuisance. And says that his name is Russell... And not Rusty. And Russell just gives up on wanting to live with Jerry. And he says it in many different ways. With the last being uncle. And Vinny says, I thought Jerry was your dad. Okay, we are really, really, like, on this, like, edge. That I'm not quite used to for this type of show. But... I don't know, we've been over that already, and we don't need to get into that again, especially especially because of everything else we talked about. Jerry is sad and says that he'll move out. He makes a speech about how he's going to live on the street, and Russell tries to reconcile it, but he realizes that he was a bit too harsh. Meanwhile, Blythe finishes organizing Lorraine's room and says that it's perfect. She hears Lorraine coming and checks on her in the hall, and she sees that her granddaughters are the Biscuit Twins. Bum, bum, bum. So Blythe realizes that the sweet girls that Lorraine was talking about are the nasty Biscuit Twins. So Blythe tries to hide in the room, but can't find a good hiding spot, which is amusing. And Blythe says, there's no escape. Which, welcome to a retirement home, I guess, Blythe? You're not really supposed to let the people who live here escape? It's a weird thing. I don't know, like, the retirement home my grandma's at, like, you have to sign people out. But you don't really want, like, someone who can't take care of themselves out and about, like, on their own, just... Because they can open the door. So so it's a whole thing. But Lorraine, Lorraine seems like. Relatively fit. Like. she, she I, Maybe there's like a condition. That we don't know about. Or we learn about. Maybe it's a. I don't know. Lorraine doesn't seem like. Lorraine could live at her own house. Like a, like a little house. Like a one story. You know, just, like, everything she needs kind of thing. Maybe it's to be active in the community a little. It's it's a whole thing. There are many complications, and I don't have time to get into any of that. I mean, I do. It is my podcast, but I'm not that well-versed in it, and... Whatever. So Blythe uh, spies the closet and hides in it. She peers through like the panels because it's like a, like a closet with like you know panels, um, like 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 thin thin little like wooden panels that like are about like a few inches apart enough enough that you can see through, but you can't necessarily see back. Well, I mean, you could if they looked, but, like, 
Whatever. Uh, Lorraine arrives and she is disappointed that B isn't here. But she figures she'll be back soon. The Biscuits are ecstatic about meeting the person taking care of Grand Grand and even got her a little present. Blaith can hardly believe that this is happening. So, at the pet shop, Russell is talking about his feelings on Jerry uh, to his friends. He says he was a bit harsh, but it's also a bit hard to live with him. Sunil points out that Russell maybe should give Jerry some time because he's been uprooted and he needs some adjustment time. Russell is worried about not being able to teach an old hedgehog new tricks, and so he says that that might be true, but you might learn some stuff from him, which he might be able to learn some stuff from him, but you should try to change the behaviors in people. Especially if, like, they drive you to the point where you do yell at them. Or, like, I don't, like, Russell doesn't want to yell at his dad. Like, he just doesn't. But, like, Jerry's behavior has been less than ideal throughout the episode. And Russell just snapped at him. Like, you shouldn't be around people that, like, make you snap like that. And, like, if you can make the effort to change them, like, maybe. But at a certain point, you just gotta, you just gotta let it go. And just, you know not be around them so much or at all you have to set boundaries there's no shame in dropping out if like both people can't respect the other's boundaries it's just i get the point they're trying to make i get it like some people can be difficult sometimes and you have to work through it but it doesn't always work like that you need to work through it, and if you can't work through it, then just, like, there's no shame in giving up. Like, there are people who, like, get paid to work through it. Like, therapists or, you know, other sorts of people in that field. It's just... I, I get it. I get it. It's just maybe not exactly I don't know. Maybe Okay, so this episode uh it's a little too close to home for me in this aspect because my dad is not the best right now and it, it can be hard to talk to him and live with him but like it is it's possible I don't think it's impossible I just think you need to set your limits and sometimes the limits are too much for one or both of the people. It's just, it's just like, so my point here is that 
yes, this is a kid's show. You want to teach something that is accessible and, like, you know, more general. Like, I don't know, your parents might be a bit odd, but they're still your parents, so... I don't know. No matter how much they like tick you off, you you should probably love them anyway. But in in specific cases, that's that's just not true. Like it's not in my case. I'm I'm not cutting my dad out from my life entirely. But it it is hard to like be with him for extended periods of time and like I don't know stuff like that where like so like they want the moral to be like all light and fluffy which isn't the answer for everyone but like an always sunny type of moral where nothing is light and fluffy is also not exactly what I was thinking would work. Because it still has an air of light and fluffiness. It's just, oh, look, it's just cantankerous and just kind of bad. Like, I want something where, like, they recognize, like, the situation might not be ideal, but it's the best situation. <sighs> Man, I I have a lot about this. But Russell agrees and wants to apologize to Jerry, which... I mean, Jerry should apologize, too. That's just what I'm saying for this. So, back in Lorraine's room, Blythe is agonizing about being trapped in the closet for hours. And Whitney and Brittany then think to go to the commons and grab a board game to play with Grand Grand and their new BFF. Get it? BFF? Like her name? So they leave and Lorraine says that they are the nicest girls. So Lorraine immediately falls asleep and that's the condition I was like mentioning earlier. Maybe it's narcolepsy. Maybe it's just being old. So Blythe takes this opportunity to escape. However, the biscuits come back because they forgot to ask what board game they want. They run into Blythe and demand to know why she's here. Lorraine wakes up and calls her B, which surprises the twins, and Blythe says, Surprise! (laughs) So, Jerry is standing around in Russell's place, and Russell says, Waiting for me to pack your things? Well, I'm here to tell you I won't. Russell admits it must be hard for him to move out, which, I mean, it is. Moving is never easy, both physically and emotionally, but 
Jerry puts all the physical burden on Russell. But whatever. Russell tells him that he's free to do all of that stuff that bugs him, which, no, don't do that. No. Like, snapping at Jerry isn't a good idea, but this isn't better. There has to be a middle ground. You have to remain calm for as long as you can. And again, there is no shame in quitting. There is no shame in quitting people. There's no shame in that. Okay. So Jerry apologizes, though, which, good, for the pain in the back he's been, or the pain in the spine, rather, as he says, and embarrassing Russell in front of his friends. Russell assures him that they embarrass each other in front of each other all the time. Which, again, is true. Okay. So, the Biscuits are in disbelief about Blythe being B. Blythe introduces herself as B. I mean, Blythe. She guesses which twin is which and says she's heard so much about you and that she's heard so many good things she thought it had to be too good to be true. And now that you're here, I'm still having a hard time believing it. Lorraine is giving a smile which guilts the Biscuits into playing along. Lorraine shows Blythe the gift that the twins got her. She opens it, and it's a sweater with a little kitty on it, and it's adorable. Blythe says that she can't wait to try it on, and Lorraine says to try it on now. (laughs) The twins object, but Blythe puts it on and says it's a perfect fit. Blythe says she might never take it off. (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay, this this is certainly the pick-me-up I needed. So... Lorraine is excited and thinks that they'll now be BFFLs, which, Lorraine, they, they said BFFs. They, they said the actual term in front of you. I get maybe not remembering a commercial from like seven or eight years ago, even though it was iconic, but you just heard it. Blythe plays along, and the Biscuits also play along. The Biscuits then say, we don't want to keep you from doing whatever it is you do, so we'll walk you out. So they pick her up, Oron style, and take her out. And Lorraine says, as they are leaving, those girls as friends does a grand grand's heart good. Lorraine, Lorraine, I I love you. You you are... Excellent. So, once the Biscuits and Blythe get out in the hall, everyone is freaking out about what just happened. Blythe can't believe that the Biscuits are the sweet little girls Lorraine talks about, and they can't believe that Blythe is her favorite volunteer. Blythe says, well, I'm a good volunteer. (laughs) Which is... Which is a good comeback. So, they they all can't believe that Lorraine thought they would be BFFs. And in unison, they say, as if, and giggle. 
So they then lay down some ground rules, Russell. <laughs> so the twins say that Blythe can keep visiting Grand Grand if Blythe's and the Biscuit schedules don't line up. Blythe agrees to this. They say that Blythe can't ruin their reputation at school by telling everyone how nice they can be. Blythe says that no one would believe her anyway. They also allow her to keep the sweater because they wouldn't wear it anyway. Blythe says she'll think of them whenever she wears it. The biscuits gag and say, please don't, and they go their separate ways. So, so let's go on a different tangent. A more upbeat tangent. One that, one that I am more equipped to talk about and to have a pleasant conversation about. So, this is the hard, hard start of the Biscuit Redemption arc. Like, there may have been, like, a few things here and there that, like, could previously indicate the Biscuits could be redeemed, such as uh, Door Jammed or uh, Feud for Thought or just generally the way the Biscuits, like, antagonize Blythe to a certain degree that could be interpreted as that, like, juvenile idea of, like, oh, like, I pushed you into the dirt, that means I like you kind of thing. Like, the the fact that the Biscuits just kind of want to be around Blythe relentlessly, but also keep at a distance kind of plays into that. But this is the hard start to an actual redemption. Because, like, in this conversation, they have pleasant candor, they make jokes, and, like, they do that thing of, like, dramatic irony where they're, like, disagreeing on something in unison. It's like the whole, like, saying as if in unison, like, oh, we, we can never be friends, ah, uh, whatever, usually f- is followed up later with them being friends. It, it, you can just see it happening. That just doesn't happen when people have nothing but to stand for each other. And, like, it's really, like, I mean, Blythe might not, like, enjoy the Biscuits' company, but I don't think... Like, it's harder to make a case for, like, Blythe liking the Biscuits than the Biscuits liking Blythe. But Blythe is generally a nice person. Like, she she stuck up for the Biscuits, and even though that backfired on her, uh, it's still a thing that happened. And, you know, like, Blythe, it, like, could come around on that. It's not impossible. We have seen it happen. It's just... Like, yeah, we have seen it happen. It's just a process. It is a process. And it's also another shot lined up for this season. So, so far we have, like, Blythe's mom also can talk to animals. So we'll see what that is. Littlest Pet Street, and now this. So, this finale has to do 
a lot of things. So I'm just going to leave it at that. So Larry, Jerry's owner, stops by LPS and Blythe asks what he's doing here. Larry says he's here to pick up Jerry to take him to his new place. Blythe thought he couldn't bring Jerry. Larry says that he misheard them. They said that he couldn't bring jeggings, opening his robe and revealing a pair. He is disappointed because he bought 12 new pairs of jeggings and Blythe is just confounded, as am I. Why, why doesn't this place allow jeggings? Why does Larry have 12 pairs of jeggings? It's a whole thing that... Whatever. And this is an example of, like, being, like, being weird, but, like, not going outside of the, the Bible, if you will. Jerry asks if it's okay for him to leave, and Russell says that Larry is Jerry's owner. It is how it should be. Which is weird, but it's a, it's a thing that you just power through. <laughs> Jerry says he'll come visit. He curls up, and Russell rolls him off to Larry. Russell hopes it's not too often. Larry takes Jerry, and they head to their new place. And Larry says that this place is a lot of a lot, Ending this episode. And this episode is also a lot of a lot. Oh boy. Like I I like the like Blythe story a lot. It's a good it's a good story and you know it it is the beginning of the biscuit redemption arc. The 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 hard beginning. I should say it, it it it's very just fun and light and that contrasts to Jerry now now the Jerry story isn't a bad story might not have the best advice but I mean as long as like people can recognize like the problems and solutions to this like the the whole Jerry and Russell story is interesting and it it's something worth watching i would say it's not it's not bad it's just it has some like personal effects on me that it's not going to have on other people it it will on like other other people maybe to a bigger extent than me but like jerry jerry is entertaining as a character he's just not he's just not the best and i guess that's just a thing that happens as you get older and like lose touch with you know the the culture around you and like what is okay and what isn't okay and figuring all of that out and for some people that like 
what's what is and isn't okay is like easier to grab than others. Overall, I'd say this is an enjoyable episode if like you know, it it just has a lot of baggage. There's so much baggage that Russell has to carry it all. Uh, that's a joke. All right. So I think that is it for this episode of the Littlest Petcast. Please leave your comments and reviews on Shout Engine, on Apple Podcasts, on the Google Play Store, and wherever else RSS feeds go. When uh, they aren't allowed to have jeggings. And tune in next time for the episode Littlest Pet Shop of Horrors. I will see you then.